0: Man, I'm so glad to be here today. I'm I'm really excited. You know, this morning I was getting ready for church, and just got to tell you this little little story here. Kind of, at first I thought it was going to be this fantastic theological, inspirational moment with me and my youngest son, Caden. He's four, and I was getting ready for church, and he was sitting there. He had his Navi, which is like a tablet. You know, he's watching some YouTube video, and um, all of a sudden he busts out, "Daddy, I love church." And I was like, finally, somebody's getting it. And I said, and, and I'm thinking to myself, man, this is going to be a great response. I can't wait to hear why he loves church. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be inspiring. I know it's going to be the message that I need to hear today. And I said, Caden, why do you love church? Because I love blocks. <laughs> hey, you know what? Whatever reason you got here today, he got here because of blocks, you know. Um, I, I believe that God's just going to inspire you through his word. Amen. So. You know, I have, uh, I have been a pastor now for roughly, uh, I, I, I guess, uh, let's see, a year, and six, a year and a half, all right? A year and a half I've been a pastor of this church. And uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. But I, I don't say that for that, so I give God all the glory, okay? Um, first and foremost. And then I, my wife gets the second part of it, okay? So she puts up with a lot from me because of you. No, I'm just kidding. All right, cool, cool. So anyway, um, so I, I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've had a lot of people ask me different questions with regard to theolo- theology in the Bible and, and then my views and different things like that. And, you know, when you've been under leadership for, for a very long time, you get used to that leadership and you understand how that leadership flows and thinks and and, and does their processes and processing and different things like that. And, And then when you get a new leader involved, you know, questions arise. You know, you know them, but you don't know them. You know, you're trying to figure out how are they going to lead our church and what ways are their theological views and and different inspiring things. And I've had many ask me, Pastor, you know, you've never really touched on the topic of the Holy Spirit before. You've never really uh, shown us exactly how you feel about that and what your leading is on that. And for me, you need to understand something. I never go into anything without thoroughly thinking it through, allowing God's word to communicate to me. And, and, and so I felt now that it was necessary a year and a half into to my pastorate to share with you on a topic that could be very controversial within the church, but is a reality for the church, and that is the Holy Spirit. My prayer... <clears throat> Today, and we're going to get into this for the next four weeks. Look, even four weeks doesn't give it justice. I can't even communicate everything to you in the next four weeks with regard to the topic of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do my best to understand that. Today is more like your appetizer, all right? And I've been telling you guys, you don't want to miss these four messages. Because I believe they're going to be absolutely life-changing. They're going to be engaging. And you're going to leave away going, wow, that is my prayer. I've been, as I was digging into it, and you're going to hear this phrase as we go through it many times in the next four weeks. And to the guys, I'm sorry, you, you get the first part of it, all right? You know? You got to go to your pastor and get the rest, all right? But I, um, my, my prayer is that before we get into this topic this morning, is that you will have and, and allow yourself to be a blank canvas. Because I believe there's been so many misinterpretations and perceptions when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Some churches reject it, some do other things with it, okay? And I don't think any of us have it right, to be honest. Not completely. But what I want to do is dig into God's Word. And for Him to reveal Himself to us through His Holy Spirit, through the Scriptures, to give us an accurate account of what the purpose really is. So what I'm going to do today is start, and, and I'm going to refer to my notes a lot today, so please forgive me on that. But the reason being, I don't want to miss something, all right? But I want to start out with a verse, with verses that helps us to realize why this series is important. Uh, a little context about it first. If you know anything about the New Testament, is that it has four accounts in the beginning. Four accounts with really what is considered to be one story, you have the four books of the, or what we will call the Gospels. These are the stories of Jesus giving his life all the way to him dying on the cross, all the way to him being resurrected. And then right after those four books, we come upon the fifth book, which is the book of Acts. Actually, this is a book that is a historical record of the early church. We refer to that a lot. I refer to that book quite often. Within my messages typically for you, I believe the early church was the church that had it probably right the best. Jesus giving his life story throughout the four gospels, but then we go right in to the book of Acts. It's interesting that this whole book really starts out with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you look in your notes, you'll see see on the back there, you'll see where I have my sermon notes for you. And we're going to actually not dive into the first chapter of Acts today, but we're going to skip quite a few and go right into Acts chapter 19. I'm going to read from there. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. So, we'll stop there briefly. The disciples in this meaning really means Christ followers. Or what we would say as the church today. Christians. Okay? And so he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, What is very interesting to me is that these people are saying, I don't know really what you're even talking about here. What I want to do here for the next four weeks is to commit into this series is that there are many Christians who have a misinterpretation or the wrong perception of who the Holy Spirit is. Understand this, the Holy Spirit is not an it. Can can, can I... At least point that out to you for a moment. You have God the Father, and you have God the Son, and you have God the Holy Spirit. I believe much of the Holy Spirit has been given what we would consider a bad rap. Many are afraid of him. Many people's beliefs have not been based on what the Bible says, but experiences of what maybe others have had and it being communicated. In other words, all they really know about the Holy Spirit is what they've heard about Him. There are a lot of things that are associated with the Holy Spirit that is simply not true. So I want to commit with these four weeks, understanding that the Holy Spirit is a person, and again, that He's not an it. My job is to lead us as, a, as your pastor and to feed you, to take you on a journey, and I'm asking for that again. Let's allow this to be a blank page. Not bringing the negative thoughts or the negative perceptions or the things that may have been communicated to us before. But what I want God to do desperately is this. I need him in my life. I do not need to be afraid of what many are afraid of when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I need him in my life. You need him in your life we desperately need this i want to introduce you to him so that you can understand his nature to do this we need to understand the word itself it gets translated as spirit or it gets translated as ghost you've heard it before the holy spirit or the holy ghost there's a reason for that and here's why there's a dilemma within the english translators and There really isn't a single English word that translates well for spirit. The problem is, is that this translation does not serve well because it does not really tell us who he really is. If you look at just the word, 800 times in the Bible, the words Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost are there. The original manuscript, as we know in the Old Testament, was written in the Hebrew. Now listen, just... Struggle through this part with me, okay? Struggle through this. There's a reason. The original manuscript of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament primarily was written in the Greek language. So we are going to have to take a look at two words, and I'm going to try my best to give you some theology to what I think that can help you to understand who the Holy Spirit is. If you look in the Old Testament word, for the spirit or ghost, it's this word. And it's in your notes, Ruach. This is the definition of it. It is a wind. It is a breath. It is a violent exhalation. It is a blast of breath. So really, we've got several definitions trying to define one simple thing. I mean, imagine if it was what? God the Father, God the Son, God the breath. You know, Some of you need God the breath. All right? You've had that coffee, you know what I'm talking about, all right? No, I'm just kidding with you, all right? But what we can see here is that in some nature, the Holy Spirit is within this word. Watch this, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we're going to look at the scripture. Now the earth was formless, and it was empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit, or what would be translated back into the Hebrew, or the Ruach, or the breath of God, was hovering over the waters. Now, I'm gonna look at something in the New Testament. It, remember, that was written in the Greek, so we'll take a look at the word ghost or spirit. And this is how it is it's called pneuma. The P there is completely silent, but it's called pneuma, which means this a current of air, a blast of breath, and a strong breeze. Now, John chapter 6, verse 63. It says, the words I have spoken to you are spirit. Now, this is Jesus speaking here, okay? He says, the words I have spoken to you are spirit. Or how is that defined? It's either breath, it's a wind, or it's a strong breeze. Now, watch. Jesus takes it a step further. He says, the words I have spoken to you are spirit. Remember, that is breath. It's a strong breeze right here, right? And then he says this, and they are life. What I love about the Word of God is this, that the words that Jesus Christ has given us, the words that God the Father has given us through all the many different authors throughout the books is this, it is life unto me. It is life into you. I cannot get through a day without making sure that the Word of God is active in my life. It has to be a living and breathing in me. We understand that it is. The Word is what? Verbally inspired, is it not? So the meaning that the words of the pages of the Bible, they are what? They're not normal words. They are breath. They are a blast. They are a wind. They bring life. And that's what I want us to experience as a church. I don't want your Christianity to be something that is stale, memorized, or robotic. It's easy to get stuck within the tradition of things it's easy for us to get stuck within the routine of things. It's like in any relationship. If my marriage is strictly based off of what I must and what I can't do without expressing true feeling, if my marriage is strictly based off of the same thing all the time and not having any heartfelt moments within it, then there will be no relationship at all. Eventually, what would happen? It would become meaningless and that it would die. My observation is this within the church is that we have become so robotic, so manuscript, and so predictable that many of our gatherings feel like funeral services. There's a spot in the scripture where Jesus amen himself. Amen said that for the last three weeks. Y'all are going to get it sooner or later. In order to understand the Holy Spirit, the ruach or the pneuma, the breath, the blast of air, the wind, we need to understand and take some characteristics of what the wind is, the natural, and show you how parallel that the Holy Spirit is of the supernatural to the natural. We're going to look at four characteristics real fast. Wind is unseen. You're going to leave here today. In fact, understand that this this has got to be the most windiest place I've ever lived in my entire life. I'm just saying. You cannot see the wind, can you? But you can feel the wind. You cannot see the wind, but watch this. You can see the effects of the wind after the wind has blown. Let that resonate with inside of you just a second as we're paralleling between wind and Holy Spirit being inside and then walking outside and you see that wind, you feel that wind, you know that something is there. What I want for us as a church is to understand with the Holy Spirit is that every time, not just when I come into the church service, but when I'm in my home and I'm through my devotional time and I'm in my prayer time and then I'm out within the community, I'm even at the little league field, I'm wherever I am, I want God's Holy Spirit to be flowing through me, around me, about me. Why? Because where the wind goes, it changes things. And there is what? There's something that happens. I believe God's presence is to be felt and to be experienced. In fact, my prayer for this church, East Sunny, is that we recognize that God is here that we feel his presence surrounding us, that his word speaks life into us. Remember this, God's presence does what? Changes everything. And the Holy Spirit is part of that Godhead, which has been so forgotten in many within the church world because we become uncomfortable with it, or we don't like the way it's been defined. What we need to do is allow God's word to define it for us, to give us the direction, and to show us what it's intended for. We're going to look at John chapter 14, but what I want you to do is I want you to understand that this is a conversation that Jesus was having with his disciples at the Last Supper. The interesting thing is that the vast majority of this conversation is strictly about the Holy Spirit. Jesus is telling them, I'm going to go. I'm going to pay for your sin. Thank God for that. Amen. I'm going to the cross. You won't see me any longer. I'm going to be resurrected. I'm going to sit at the right hand of God. I'm going to what? Intercess for your every prayer, but I don't want you to be alone. So Jesus says this, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16 through 17 says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Now understand the word advocate here means a comforter or a counselor. Why is he sending us a comforter or a counselor to help you and be with you forever? I I love that word forever there. Don't overlook that. Don't overlook that part. Because that word forever means a lot for us. That means God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is continually with us as believers. I truly believe this. The moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, you also are accepting the Holy Spirit within your life. Because there's what? God the Father, there's God the Son, and then there's God the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say, the Spirit of truth. Um, The world cannot accept him. They don't understand him. The church, many do not even understand him. They laugh in him. Because it neither sees him nor it knows him. In other words, people become uncomfortable with something that they can only see. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be what? In, can I say, and will be what? In you. In you. Listen, this is why most of us come. You don't come for the music and you don't come for a, a message that I give. You come because you want to experience something with God. I do not come into the house of the Lord to become entertained. I don't come to see what what songs they're going to sing this week. I hope you don't come just to hear whatever I have to say. My prayer is that we come here focused to say, God, what is it that you want to do in my life today? How are you going to use your Holy Spirit to interact with me? How are you going to use your Holy Spirit to bring challenge into my life? I need to be challenged. If we're not being challenged spiritually, then I'm doing you an injustice as your pastor. My hope and prayer is that you're becoming challenged every single time you come here. Now, let's look at this. The wind is unpredictable. It will shift on you. It'll blow this direction for a while, then it'll blow that direction. But it's constantly what? Moving. A lot of us, we don't like that part of God. We like God to be tucked in and we like for God to be orderly. We, we see all throughout scripture where God is a God of order. Absolutely. If it wasn't, things would be extremely chaotic. We see the order just how he created this universe that we live in. We see the order just as we saw in, in the last series where we're looking for godly encounters. And we looked at what, what does God do? God reveals himself. He reveals how strong he is. And then what does he do? He, he changes us. And then what does he do? He calls us. To do something. We saw that through the, through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. So God is a God of order, but there are times when we need to say, God, we are so caught up within our structures that we need you to interrupt it and, and do something abruptly within our life. I don't want God to be just strictly predictable all the time, but I need God to show up when I least expect him to show up. I need the Holy Spirit to move when I least expect it to move. I need that encouragement in my life. You need that in your life. John chapter 3 verse 8 says, Jesus answered, The wind, or pneuma, blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone, what? Born of the Spirit. So it is with everyone who was what? Born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has an unpredictable nature. God, one time, what? He talked to a person out of a burning bush. One time we, we read in the Scriptures that a man brought his friend to Jesus and did, he didn't ask to heal, but to touch him. Now that story like mesmerizes me, right? Because we're, we, we're always quick to, you know, we need a touch, we need a healing, and we're, we want to be prayed for, we need to be we want to be touched upon, and so... We, we, we read in one of the Gospels where the, these friends bring this man who was who blind, and, and they, they say, Jesus, just, just touch him, just, just touch him. Jesus does something absolutely, incredibly, like, not predictable at all. The Bible tells us he bends over, he spits into the dirt, he mixes it up, gets sand, and he throws it on his eyes. That's unpredictable right there. That is God doing something that's out of the ordinary to change someone's life. Think about that for a second. Much of our prayer life resembles this though. We give God a system on how to answer. Or we have a preconceived idea as how to God is going to answer. And then we are placing, what, a limit to God's power because we're, what, we're, we're, we're staging it up. to God, this is how you move. When God is saying, look, I want I need to be unpredictable in your life. We see one of the characteristics of the wind that is unpredictable. One of the characteristics of God is that he's what? Unpredictable. Watch this. Wind is powerful. To generate electricity, to sail a ship, or to destroy a city, wind can be involved. You have seen the powerful nature of God, but have you experienced that wind within your own life, Listen, many of you are going through times where human power cannot fix it. Many of us have distanced ourselves from the power of God because we have packaged it in a way that has turned off so many people. We must get close to the person of the Holy Spirit and you can receive his power. Look, I'm going to be very transparent here with you on a story one time. And I don't, we don't need to be sharing stories and all that stuff about weird things about the Holy Spirit that people have perceived on you. But I remember I am spirit-filled and I'm proud of it. I believe in the spirit. I believe in the power of spoken tongue. And I remember before God allowed me to have that gifting in my life, I, um, I, I think I might have been like 12, 11 or 12 years old and I don't know if it I don't think my dad was pre. My dad's a pastor, so I've I've grown up in the Pentecost. I have seen it all. Let me tell you. I have seen it all. I've seen some strange things. I ain't saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying I've seen it. And uh, there's this one time, and 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 I, I. The the pastor, no, I don't think it was my dad speaking. It was Some evangelist was speaking, and it was talking about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if you've not received that, if you've not had that in your life, come forward, and we're going to pray with you that you receive that and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, I ain't done it. I'm going to go. So I go up there, and, you know, it doesn't always happen right away, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't. There's a process that God moves and works in your life. It's a fly, too. hit me in the head. Maybe that's God saying, shut up. All right? So I, I remember going forward that service. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm standing. I'm, I'm like, God. You know, he's saying, raise your hands. I'm raising hands, feet. I'm doing all of it. You know, I'm like, God, fill me. Right? And this lady came up to me. I don't know who she is. I don't think I ever saw her. I, honestly, I don't care to ever see her again either. But she came up to me. <laughs> And she said, here's what you need to do, young man. You're looking for the gift of speaking in tongues. I was like, yes, ma'am. you know. And she's like, you need to take your fist and just hit it right there, and it's going to flow right there. <laughs> what kind of teaching have you been under? That's why I said, we all have misperceptions of this thing, man. I want us to be a blank page. I want God to do what God wants to do in your life through his spirit. Anyway, so I remember I sat there, right? And I was like, okay, I'll do it. Wham! I was like, that didn't feel good, you know what I'm saying? And my mom, my mom is a fantastic woman. I love her to no end. I should. She's my mom. And um, she was on one end of the church. And right after the, the church service, she came come over. And she's like, Kevin, did you go up to, to be? Pre-? I said, I did. And she's like, well, what happened? I said, I don't feel good, you know? And she's like, well, that lady came and prayed. What did she say to you? She said, I'm going to take my fist and jam it into my gut as hard as I could, and I'd start speaking in tongues. I never seen my mom get so upset in her entire life in that moment. So many people have been taught so much garbage. Can I be honest? I don't want a man-made spirit. I want the Holy Spirit. Amen. I've had enough people throw their emotional responses to me in my life. I want God to speak life into me. I don't want it to be an action that I have to do. I want God to freely rain down the power and the might of the Holy Spirit into our lives. So don't go hitting yourself in the stomach. It ain't worth it. Acts 1 and 18 says, but you will receive power when? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. When it what? When it comes on you. It's a big difference there. Our attitude should reflect one that says, come on me, Lord. Because we're facing things in our lives that human power just cannot fix. There's a story about a a man named Charles Finney. Who considers who's considered to be one of the fathers of the modern revivalists within America? He was nineteen, or excuse me, he was in the nineteenth century. He was an attorney slash Presbyterian minister, and in his own words, he was comfortable knowing God. And this is where we are as a church in America today. Listen to me, and I say within America because I see revival breaking out in churches in third world countries. I see revival breaking out in churches and. Indonesia, I see revival breaking. I was listening to a pastor this morning who, 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 um, who, who was invited to go speak at this church. And when he went there, it, the church wasn't just, it was an arena filled with like 100,000 people gathering to worship God. That is amazing to me. That is, that is inspiring to me. That is a people that are realizing that there's something more than a predictable God. There's something more. there's, There's something about that unseen wind that's blowing in our spirits every day that God is moving and he's changing people's lives. But listen to this. In his own words, he was comfortable knowing God in the intellectual level only. I believe that's where many of us are as a church. According to his testimony, his life was very lifeless and predictable. And it became very difficult for him to continue to live that way. Then he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And these are his words. The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of, I love this word, this phrasing, liquid love. For I could not express it in any other way it seemed like the very breath of god or some of us here today were mission critical within your marriage, your job, your kids, your health, your finances, your emotions, most importantly within your relationship with Jesus. You need some fresh wind. You need that god breath in your life to lift you and to propel you for all that god has for you. Thirdly, The wind is refreshing. There's nothing like, think about this being, I hate mowing grass. I hate mowing grass. There's nothing worse in this world than to mow grass. In in my eyes, okay? And there's nothing like being outside and mowing grass on a hot summer day and then walking into the house where there's A.C. Amen. It's like, thank you, Jesus. There's nothing like being in this corrupted society that we live in... but yet being a follower of the Most High God... and feeling that freshness, that wind, that purity that Jesus has. Yeah. Getting into His Word, having those times of fasting... having that time of getting into prayer with Him. There's nothing like it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9-10 through 10 says this... No eye has seen, no ear has word or excuse me, has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed to us by what? His Spirit. That's why we're on this journey together, where your life will have wind in its sails. Many have grown up environments that has defined the Holy Spirit incorrectly, as I've already mentioned. Some have been raised to reject it. When we have these types of views, we're literally saying, God, stay away. I don't want him in my life. I don't want you, God, in my life. Deep down, that's what we're saying. Because it is what? It should be God the Father, it's God the Son, and it's God the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Here's another version. that says, Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you. The most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for what? Granted. So how do we do this? Number one, let go of the fears and the misperceptions. Those things that are based upon or excuse me that they're not rather based upon the bible and we have them so how do we do that don't trust me don't don't take the words that i have to say as i'm i'm doing the best i can to give you what i believe is the truth but trust the word of god trust the bible if we can approach god as i've said many times already this morning with a blank page and look at what the Bible has to say about the person of the Holy Spirit, you will realize that he is neither unbiblical or that he is outdated because that's not who he is. He's not spooky. He's not weird. That everything he has for you is good and that you want him and you need him. I love Proverbs chapter three, verse five. It says this, trust in the Lord. Who? Trust him. Right? It just simply says, trust him. He's not against you. Right? He's not. But what do we, with all our hearts, and lean not unto what? Our own understanding. It's not for you to figure out. It's for you to trust him with. And then secondly, I love this. We need to do this. We need to go all in. We need to go all in on this topic. We will give our heart to the Lord and try to fit as many Sundays as we possibly can get. We will try to, do, we will try to fit as much God into our lives as, we can, as our schedules will allow. That's not it. I must go all in when it comes to God. I have to. I don't need just a portion of God here and there. I need God in every single thing that I'm involved in. I need God. Why? Because my thoughts need to be godly thoughts. My actions need to be godly actions. My reactions—can I get an amen on that one? Need to be godly reactions. The ways I raise the way I raise my children needs to be godly. You know, the other day I I I was I loved this. I I I wasn't sure that Carter even listens in church. All right, my seven-year-old. It was bedtime. And uh, we were take, I was taking him to bed. He went and got the iPad. I thought, all right, he wants to play a game or something. No, we're not doing that. And I was like, no, we're not. He's like, but we're going to read the Bible. I was like, oh, oh, praise God. Yeah, you know what I mean? Woo. And then we had to play a game. So, Watch this. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. We sit there and we say, I can't find God because you're not seeking him hard enough. You're not digging in hard enough. You know, when you have a passion over something, you know what you will do? You will surround, your life will be surrounded with that. When you have a passion for something, you will dig in and you will learn everything you possibly can learn about it. We sit there, we say, we, I don't feel God. What's well, because you're not digging in. You're not, because the scripture says, if I will seek him, I will find him. God is ready; he's available right now. He's looking at you going, you've been looking. You, You say you're looking, but here I am. I'm right in front of you every single day of your life. I love that scripture. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. In other words, God is saying, you can't find me until you give me everything you have. I've learned something that we like to do. We like to filter God. We only want the things that seem right to us. We we, we only want, you know, God, if if you work it out the way I've prayed it for you, then I'm good with it. But God, if, if if you require me to do something that makes me uncomfortable, that's not of God. No. No, that's not of God. You know, I, I, I told you guys, I went to this conference last week in Tampa, and I loved it. And I was, it was a great pastor leaders conference, and it was wonderful. And I went last year. <clears throat> and can I have that water, please? I'm dying. <laughs> I went last year to this conference. And the conference was an extreme big help for me. I remember <clears throat> being in the conference, and you know, they were asking, what do you want from this conference? What do you want to attain from this conference? I really didn't have an answer. All I knew was is, God, I just need you to do something. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I feel the way I feel. But, God, I just need you to do something. Little did I say God had a lot planned for the next eight, nine, ten months. I had a plan in my mind of how I wanted to see God to do things. I wanted, God, God, you need to, you, okay, we're going to move in this area. Then, God, we're going to go in, into the kids' ministry. Where, then we'll flow into the youth. And, God, then you're going to bring this all full circle within the sanctuary. And we're going to blow this thing up, God. Well, God had a, had a way of, has a way of blowing things up sometimes. And we don't always understand that, okay? And looking back on that, as I was at this past, this last week at this conference... They kind of asked the same question. What what are you looking for from God while you're here? And I was like, man, I know what I prayed last year. (laughs) God, we're good. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But you know what? Here was my response. God, now I see how you answered my prayer. Even though I didn't like the way you might have moved, it's not how I would have blueprinted it or orchestrated it. But yet, God, you still move. When we get to the spot where we go, God, I'm fully surrendering this to you, and this is all about you and not about me, God, you know, we filter the Holy Spirit because we don't have an understanding of it, and we've had many bad experiences like, you know, me, right? And so what we do is we, we hear about that topic, and we go, ooh, ooh, do we really need to talk about that, Pastor? Do we really need to go there when it comes to the Holy Spirit? Because that makes me feel just a little uncomfortable. Well, good. Because it's the uncomfortable things that God uses the most to speak to you into your life. And this is how he's going to do it. Now, thirdly, we need to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. This is his role in your life, to be the friend. We got what? God the Father has a role. Jesus' the Son has a different role, but the Holy Spirit just as equally has a role that you must have in your life. All three of these roles are mentioned in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and 14, verse 14 says this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the what? Fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Here's another translation. The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. My fear is this, that many will know God the Father, many will know God the Son, but many will never fully experience the Holy Spirit. The God the Father, he what? He loves me. Some of you here today need to settle this in your heart. I'm coming up on my clothes, so. But God the Father, he loves me. He loves me. You. You know, you know why many people have a hard time understanding that love that God has? Because many have had a many have had a bad relationship even with their earthly father. What I want you to understand, what the enemy has tried to do to divide you, to divide you maybe from your earthly father, is this not for that relationship to be broken up, but the relationship with God the Father to ultimately be broken up. See, God loves us, he loves you. I mean, we read in john three sixteen for God so loved the world that he what gave his only begotten son look, I sit here, I tell you as a, as your pastor, I love you, I do. I love you, but watch this, my love only goes so far. My boys are my love, my family, my wife's my love and and if if it's Between them and you, guess who I'm choosing? You got it. I'm choosing now. But the word says, for God so loved the world. So he must have a big love for you. He must find a lot of value in you. You're important. You know, you're God's favorite. You are. When he speaks, his attention is on you. Think about that. God loves you. God the Son, He saves us. The grace of Jesus, thank God for it. He stepped in, He what? Paid a bill for you, from for me. He went to the cross, He took on the punishment, the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment. Why? So that I don't have to carry it any longer. For many, this is where the Trinity stops. We get, God loves me. We understand Jesus saves me. But here we go. God the Holy Spirit is with me. He doesn't want to scare you. He's not there to make you uncomfortable. Listen, there are traits that aren't of him, that the devil's ploy is to distract us, distract us from His character, distract us from the potential that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can play in our life. I want you to stand with me, and I want you to understand something. You need this. You need this part of the Godhead in your life. You need this part of the Trinity in your life. You can't go on from this moment without saying, God, I need to understand this. I need this. I need to experience this in my life. You know, there's a, uh, there's a place, a real place called the doldrums a place near the equator where the northern hemisphere winds go one way and the southern hemisphere winds go another way. And this is what happens. They cancel each other out so that there's no wind. Now, before there was engines and motorized boats and things like that, if a ship ever sailed there accidentally, guess what? That ship never got out. The people would die there some of you have lived in the doldrums far too long when it comes to the holy spirit but watch this you don't have to die there you need that ruach and that pneuma you need that blast of air you need that wind you need that godly breath blown into your life you need to allow the power of the holy spirit to infill you To come inside and fill you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You know, every service before I speak, I say, God, and I sit there, I always do it right around the second or third song of worship. I don't know why, it just ends up that way. And I say, Lord, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, may I be filled with your Holy Spirit and every word that comes from my mouth, not of me, strictly of you. That needs to be us every day of our lives. The moment we wake up, God, fill me with your spirit from the top of my head to the soles of my feet because then what? My actions might follow God's plan. The words I have to say might be of purity and build people up rather than tearing people down. My thoughts would line up with God's thoughts. My way would line up with God's way because that's the only way we need. My prayer today And again, this is a four-part series. I'm setting some things up for something massive later that's going to be powerful in your life. I believe it. But my prayer is that this week, as we get into this, I want you to take that outline that you have. If you don't have it, call the church office. We'll get it to you. But I want you to get an understanding of what we talked about today. Our prayer should be this. Lord, I I want to be a blank page. I want you to fill in all these blanks when it comes in. Play with this topic of the Holy Spirit, because I want that in my life. So, every about every right close this morning. But before we can experience God the Holy Spirit, we need to understand that God the Son saved us, that He died on a cross for our sins. As I do every service, I'm going to do it again today. My prayer is that if you don't know who Jesus is in your life as your Lord and Savior, that today is the day of salvation in your life. So if that's you in this room and you can say, Pastor, I don't, I don't have that relationship and I want it. I want today to be a new and a fresh. I want to commit my life to Jesus. With every about ever I close, I, all I want you to do is slip your hand up, if that's you. I see that hand see that if that's you, I'm going to give you another opportunity to slip your hand up and say, you know what pastor, I want to be saved I see that hand awesome, I see that one thank you Lord I see that one thank you Jesus, God, you know what God's moving man God's spirit is checking many of you in this room this morning Here's what I want to do. I want us to pray this prayer boldly. I want you to repeat after me. Father God, I love you. And I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, for my sins. Jesus, today, right now, I commit my life to you. And I ask you, Lord, to be my king and my master. From this day forward. I will not live for anyone else but you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now? Amen. Amen. You know, that's that's the point. If that's all we did, that's worth being in the house of God this morning for souls to be saved to the kingdom. But... God wants to equip us. So my prayer today is that when you leave this place, that you've got a, a little bit of a better understanding of who this Holy Spirit is and what God's intentions are for him in your life. Now, look, we, we've only we've only like scratched the surface of what we're going to get into. But I want to ask this: if you go, every I want every eye open now. Because I don't want you to, this ain't an embarrassing time. This isn't one of those moments where I don't want my, you know what I'm saying? If you want a better understanding of the Holy Spirit in your life, as we move through this series, and you, you're you gonna truly say, God, I'm gonna take out every, every preconceived idea I've ever had of the Holy Spirit. I'm not gonna allow fear, doubt, embarrassment, or emotion to play as the factor but god i'm going to allow you to be the factor and what happens in my life when it comes to spirit if that is you i want you to raise your hand up raise it up proudly i'm raising it up because god's teaching me through the spirit let's pray father i thank you you see every heart you've seen every hand you know every mind soul in spirit in this room that is responding to this message today father my hope and prayer lord as we leave this place god that we understand One, that we are a spirit-filled church. There's no denying that, Father. That we want a better understanding and a better knowledge of your Spirit. Secondly, Lord, that we will allow ourselves, thirdly, to be a blank page for you to do exactly as you want. And Father, fourthly, prepare us when we're not here for what you want to do for us when we get back here when it comes to your this message series on your Holy Spirit. Father, allow that spirit to move and to reign in our lives. Lord, we see in the scriptures that if we seek you with all of our heart, that we'll find you. So God, my prayer today is Lord that we are seeking you when it comes to this topic. We're seeking you with all of our heart when it comes to the power and the might of your Holy Spirit. Not only Lord, through through the unseen, but also through, through the seen. Not only through what's not heard, but also through what is heard through the spoken tongue and the heavenly language, Lord, of which you have given us. So, Father, today marks a new day for us as a church. Marks a new day for us as believers. Because today, Lord, we're saying, we want to learn on this. We can't wait to get back into your house, Lord, to learn more of what it is. In fact, God, we're going to take our waking moments throughout our day to dig into your word so you can speak life into us when it comes to this topic on your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, you are a person. Move and reign in our church. Move in every believer in Jesus' name. And God, as we leave this place today, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in you. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And Father, as we give our giftings to you, May it be to build your kingdom, to win souls, to you, Jesus. And to continue in the ministry, Lord, of what you have called us. And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen and amen. We love you. Have a great day.